When it's time to seed grass, fertilize turf, or add a pop of color to your yard, Blaine's Farm and Fleet's got you covered with unbeatable deals on lawn and garden essentials. Find value on everything you need in-store or online at farmandfleet.com. Proud to salute one of our farm families that is celebrating their sesquicentennial anniversary at the same farmstead. We're heading to Sauk County now, where I'm visiting with Don Meyer, who's one of the owners of the farm that started way back in 1870. Goodness sakes. Tell me how it started, Don. Where did your great-grandpa come from? My great-grandpa came from Germany, and he came in 1866, which would have been four years sooner. We don't have a lot of history what happened, but we did find some old letters, and, and he first came in the area in 66, and then I know he worked in Madison because we found some love letters between him and my uh, (laughs) great-grandma from the time he'd go to Madison and work until he came home, I suppose, on weekends or once a month or whatever it was in those days. Wow. Just getting to Madison must have been a challenge back then. Right. I would think so, right. But then then they, they purchased the farm in well they they were married in 1868 then and then they per- made a first purchase of the farm uh first 75 acres it was in 1870 hmm. interesting interesting now what what part of Sauk County are you in Don we'd be in probably mid Sauk County well a little bit to the western side of Sauk County right uh by the little town of Loganville beautiful Excellent. Well, don't let me interrupt the story. So they purchased uh, the farm in 1870, 75 acres. So how did, what did they start out doing on the farm? We didn't have a lot. All I know is we found a chattel mortgage that he gave to his brother while he was still working in Madison to raise hops. So there has been hops raised on the farm at one time. Uh, what happened? I, there was nothing in the, any place that we could find out when the cattle first came. But I'm assuming they had a, it's the typical thing on the farm, like a couple of cows to their milk and, and some chickens and hogs so that they had meat and eggs and, mm-hmm. and milk. Uh, I'm, that's what my assumption is of that. Right. One of the but challenges might have been, too, just trying to get enough resources around to get all that going in the right direction. Did they build a barn to start? How did, how did they start I, out in a I, house? I don't know. I We lived in an old house when I was young, and I'm assuming that was built by him. It was a log house. Now, the barn, I don't have no record of what it was, but I got the dates on a regular barn when it was built. Mm-hmm. But in his... Um, legacy there of the farm they added bought 20 more acres of woodland in 1896 from the neighbor and we found the the bill of sales or whatever it was they bought 20 acres of woodland for three hundred dollars okay interesting yeah. interesting so give me keep me moving that don how long did they stay on the farm, uh, tell me a little bit what, like you said, you're going back over 150 years. Details can be tough to come across, but tell me what, what you know and then on okay. to the next transition. Okay, so the farm had grown to 95 acres and then they held on to it in, for 31 years until they passed it on to my grandfather, which was William Meyer. And 
they were the ones then that we got uh, evidence that the barn was built that we we or that I actually grew up in, and that was in uh, the barn was built in 1906. And then also in that era, there was 55 more acres of workland and pasture added, uh, so that grew the farm to 150 acres. That's what I, when I came uh, into the picture, that's what the original farm was. Sure, sure. Makes well, the, their ownership then, him and his wife, Villamino, had it for 28 years. He passed away in 1929 then. And so then it went from him to Villamino, his, his estate. And my dad was the uh, only boy, and he was 22 years old at that time. And so he worked the farm for my mother, and that was through the Depression years then, from 29 to 36. Wow. What did, what did he ever share with you about that, Don? I mean, that oh. uh, that is a, uh, just to think about what any homestead, but let alone farmers, went through at that time must have been something. That was terrible, I guess, financially. He said, I can remember, I took a cow to town once. He says, I got $9 for the cow. And then his joke to that was, but I went uptown and bought a pair of overhauls for 50 cents. <laughs> so uh, he went through some tough times. They also had a drought in that era, mm. in, the, in the early 30s here. And he said one year, the first year of the drought, I think it was 1932, they got nine loads of loose hay to feed their cows. And I'm assuming they probably had about... Uh, 18 to 20 cows at that time. That's just an assumption, though, because of the way the barn was was uh, laid out. Well, they made it. They, they. I mean, yes, you right. Know, like you said, they made it. Exactly, they made it. He, but his statement he did make, he says, if we wouldn't have had our farm free of debts, he says, I don't know if we would have made it, because he said for two years we didn't make enough money to pay expenses. Right. So what what was their expenses in the early 30s, I mean, they they uh, didn't have much for expenses or they could keep on, you know, going uh, rather minimal expenses to what expenses are today. Boy, and I bet that really changed the neighborhood. And I know that that would have been, uh, you know, as things were happening up in that Sauk County area, like uh, Badger Ammunition, et cetera. That was a little bit before that. Uh, they they came into existence in the 40s, Bad, Badger Ammunition did. But then, so uh, he worked with his mother then for seven years. His mother still owned the farm, and they fought through the Depression. And then and him and my mom got married on the 10th of June, 1936. And he, uh, the farm was transferred to him uh, um on June 11th, 1936, a day after their wedding. So it kind of went with every time there was a marriage, that's when the farm got transferred. <laughs> well, that's the way she worked back then, for sure. So now tell me a little bit about your, your dad and then how they kind of transitioned well, and moved forward. They didn't add any land parcels to the farm, but I, could, I thought back to what I remember as in 1947, 
that always said they built the milk house the year I was born, and I was born in 1941. So that was their first milk house that they built. We do have a picture of the farmstead at that time, and there was a utility pole out in front. So they had electricity, and I think they had electricity in about 1936. Wow. Uh, so that was early compared to what some of the people yes. uh, and But he did a lot of improved, major improvements on the farm. Like I said, he built the milk house in 41. He bought a thrashing machine and, and built a shed for it in 1946. Well, then in 1947... I was six years old, and they built a brand-new house, which I, I can remember uh, people coming here, and I can remember them building that house. That was really a, a big uh, thing in our, in our lifetime. Mm-hmm. Well, in 56, he built a new double corn crib. We had the little old-fashioned corn cribs that were hard to fill. Everything had to be shoveled by hand into the cribs, and so he built a double corn crib so we could use the elevator to get a load corn and store for storage. Mm-hmm. In 1962, he uh, built a pole shed because we we were expanding the herd, not not uh, we keeping all the calf or calves. Then I was getting involved, and I wanted to uh, use all the keeping track of the genetics, and I, we'd keep all the heifers so we could have some extra income selling these springing heifers. Mm-hmm. And so he built a pole shed, and we needed it for hay storage at that time, too, because we're, our, our yields had been increasing, and it was hard to get all the hay packed away in the old barn, so that, that put a real ease on ours. So what his legacy on the farm was is building all these newer, newer more modern buildings that we could do things easier. It, then Nate... He had a heart condition, and, and um, in 1964, he transferred the farm to me. That hundred, It was 150 acres at the time. It was transferred in March of 64, so they owned it for 28 years. Then I got married in 1964, and we uh, started a our marriage at the farm homestead, and and uh, that's when I also started a conservation plan, hmm. and and uh, so that I and and that was what I I enjoyed a lot, laying out the contour strips to save erosion, and to get be able to test soils on different on all the different fields, and and I be able to increase my crop yields as well. Now, let me ask you, Don, on that effort, how did you learn those uh, ideas or get that idea? Was it by watching your dad, other farmers? Did you do some coursework, work with extension? How did you, how did you kind of come through that conservation uh, fold there? Well, I, I graduated from Farm Short Course in 1960, and that's where I, I credit a lot of my ideas came from and my dreams came from. And yes, then we had a, a a real rainstorm, and that was I think in '62, and it it was down in the valley behind the barn. And we had hay cut, and the floodwaters took the hay, and it ran right across one of our nicest cornfields on the bottom of that 
valley, and we went picking hay out of the corn so so we could with forks and carrying it off. And that convinced Dad that we needed to do something to to eliminate that flooding of that field, you know. And so we uh, started the contour stripping. Then uh, he actually started that the fall before I bought it. In 63, we laid out contour strips. Mm -hmm. And I also then had a plan for the first big grass waterway down through that valley. And so I bought the farm uh, in April, and about two or three weeks later, why I had the, we had the contractor lined up to to start the bulldozing of that uh, waterway. And I always tell people, well, I think that that was. Uh, I wonder what the neighbors thought of me. They heard that I bought the farm, and two weeks later, <laughs> the cat moved in to build the waterway. <laughs> You know, but I'll tell you what, you know, those same neighbors uh, should have probably been there. I can't remember the 19, well, what was it, late 1990s, early 2000s, when we had that just torrential water and those mm-hmm. valleys up in the Sauk County area, they needed right. every bit of con- conservation they could get. You read. And I'm still proud to say that waterway is still in existence today. So it's carried the water off in that down through that valley. Uh, with a couple minor repairs, we, sure. we repaired it at the bottom or dumped it into the creek. We paired it, made it a little longer on the top end. But that major part of that waterway has still carried that water off now for, what, what 60, 70 years, right. you know, right. and uh, without very, very little erosion. Excellent. So, And then when uh, my wife and I, we then we started, of course, uh, the era one, we gave up baled hay, and the haylage came into existence. So in 1968, uh, no, that was been 60, uh, yeah, 68, I think it was, when we built the first big silo, an 1860 silo, and started using haylage as a way of putting up hay. Mm-hmm. And uh, so then, um, also when our second little our son was born, why the neighbor lady they were an older couple that I was watching and for an opportunity to buy that farm and she came up to visit my wife with a new little baby and she says well now you can buy our farm you got two boys <laughs> and I didn't take that lightly <laughs> I was down there within a few days <laughs> so how big was that one how many what did that bring to the table that brought another 160 acres. It literally doubled our our wow. our, uh, our uh, farm size at that time. And you were ready for that. I was ready for it, right? And we, uh, the only thing that happened then is my wife became ill after the little boy was born, and we pondered whether we should uh, buy it or whether we shouldn't. It was serious, and and so she doctored that year and was happy, and and we thought we had things on the mend, but she passed away then just a, exactly a year later. Hmm. With a, from a little, she left me with a little one-year-old and a four-year-old. I was fortunate to have my mother, and my and her mother, help me 
to take care of the little boys and to be able to stay farming. So uh, that was fortunate. So we that was a period of seven years that my first wife and I owned the farm together then. And then in 1973, uh, I found another widow lady in the area, and we were married in, um, on July the 7th, 1973. And so that started my where I am today. Of uh, Our family now is, uh, we've been together for 50 years and owned the farm all, all this while. We had to build an addition onto the house because the house wasn't big enough. We built the second 60, 20 by 60 silo. We continued to do, do our conservation and put the second farm under the conservation plan. Uh, built a harvester for shell corn. Mm-hmm. An additional uh, uh, added in, in 1970, uh, 79. We put an addition onto the barn and made it increased our herd to the size of 71 cows. And, and, and there were some other things we did. We built a and some all, all these more grass waterways. I think I had, I think eight or nine all over the farm. Mm-hmm. Built a farm pond, and uh, then our my big uh, dream was to develop a herd of registered Holstein cows. And uh, so then in uh, the mid-'70s, we had a f- probably 25% of them were registered at the time. They weren't high-quality registered cows, but they were a start to the registered business. And uh, uh, then our kids were old enough to be in 4-H, and we started showing at the county fair, and that got the children all interested in the dairy business. Mm-hmm. And... Each one of them, as we grew, had an opportunity to cho- show a champion animal at our county fair. Wow! Five, five of them. Wow! And for five, five years, it was it was really a, a rewarding uh, experience for me. Mm-hmm. We uh, and uh, of the five children, four of them are involved in agriculture. Nice. That's quite a legacy. That's quite a legacy. Yeah, I, I hope that. I leave a legacy, and mm-hmm. and uh, uh, right two, well three of them, uh, no two of them are in AI, uh-huh. and 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 the two girls are um, milk uh, were married, um, farmer uh, young shows that wanted to farm, and didn't one of them had a farm to go to, but the other one didn't, and we helped them get that, them established, mm-hmm. and so they they both. Uh, grew into a farm they still milk cows today and so they they loved that they that was became their profession of milking cows right right and yeah and uh, uh, well let's uh don in case you're just joining us folks this is don meyer he is one of the sesquicentennial honorees that we'll recognize at the 2023 wisconsin state fair he's up in sauk county where it all started back in 1870. Don, let's let's talk about where you go from here. You mentioned now that you've got children that are involved in agriculture, the passion's there. What's going to happen to the farm as it stands today going forward? It, as it stands for, uh, we go forward. Uh, we've got two grandsons, and uh, our son lives, uh, bought the second set of buildings uh, off in that farm, and they live there a quarter of a mile away. 
So the grandsons grew up coming up here and, and learning how to do this and learning how to do that. We dispersed of our, of our dairy herd in 1995. So we've been out of the dairy business, and it wasn't because we wanted to get out of the dairy, uh, wanted to really leave the dairy business. It was because we wanted to merchandise those animals we had developed. Mm-hmm. We had a very satisfactory, uh, not a high herd average, but it was satisfactory to us, and put uh, started a different sort of segment in our lives. And so now those grandchildren, when they come up here, they didn't get involved in the dairy business that much, but they got involved in the cropping business. Now they've bought some beef animals. Their one grandson's got, uh, I think, eight or ten mm-hmm. uh, beef cows that we run in the permanent pastures to keep them mm-hmm. off, um, you know, utilized. And, and he makes... We rent the other cropland since 2000, and he. But we make all the hay on the gra- on those grass waterways that I saw, sure. and that's enough hay to feed his ten beef cows through the winter. So, so we and and he's interested. He works for agronomy in in the Reedsburg uh, mm-hmm. as a, as his job, and learning a lot about cropping and fertilizer. And he comes up here and and he loves. Uh, doing his thing and he feels part ownership and and it's time i think we need to uh, get involved and get him uh give him some ownership of some type so that he feels that it's his and and it'll stay in the in the far in the uh, meyer name that wow. way yeah. and like you said that's and that is all about legacy and and you've created a wonderful one obviously with the help of friends and family don meyer Along with us, the sesquicentennial celebration coming up for their family. Sauk County is where it all started, and Wisconsin State Fairgrounds is where we will salute him and his family. And I know they've got some special events planned right there on the farm. Again, uh, Sauk County resident Don Meyer, one of the sesquicentennial honorees, will recognize during the 2023 Wisconsin State Fair. Keep coming back for more of these stories from across the state of Wisconsin. Our thanks to Compure Financial for allowing us to help share them with you. I'm Pam Yankee.